Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Upstream podcast. I'm your host, Prema Gurunathan, uh, Managing Director of Upstream. Upstream is a partnership between Imperial College London and Hammersmith and Fulham, aimed at turning the borough into a leading destination for the science, tech and creative industries, and with a particular mission to transforming White City into an innovation district. We are now into episode five of our discovery series, uh, which aims to shine a light and on the innovative and awesome organisations based in the borough. Before I introduce today's guest, a big thanks to Mitsui Fudusan and Stanhope PLC for use of this bright purple and I think pink podcast box in White City Place. Oh well, so those were the uh, sounds of what you might expect if you went out in a nice beautiful restaurant and had a lovely dinner with a group of friends, but perhaps a more intellectually challenging version of it occasionally. Anyway, our, our guest this morning is going to tell you a little bit more about some of the things she does which are around, along those lines. Um, her name is Anna Anderson and she is co-founder of Kindred, which is a beautiful grade two listed members club, restaurant and co-working space just behind Hammersmith Station. And if you haven't been there already, please stop by. It is beautiful on the outside and the inside. And perhaps more than that, it is run with real soul and integrity. Welcome, Anna. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, please, can you tell us a bit more about Kindred, uh, when it was set up and why you set it up? Yeah, so Kindred is our answer to sort of a lonely London. Um, We were looking at some of the things that we wanted to go and spend time in. and we felt that there, it was really lacking. So we couldn't find anywhere where we could generally just go spend time, meet new people, find those opportunities for authentic human connection. Um, we kind of see it in pubs and sports clubs and in religious organisations. You know, they have community down, but there was no sort of secular um sort of neutral space in London where you could genu- genuinely just go and meet people mm-hmm. for the sake of meeting people. And... Um, I, um, yeah, so I, I kind of had this fantasy of building this amazing space. It kind of did everything that I really enjoyed doing. And um, for, for a while, it was just a fancy. And then I actually decided to do it. So that sort of dream started um, probably four years ago now. Um, and then started playing around with business plans around how we could make something work. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, then we opened uh uh, in Bradmore House in Hammersmith uh, in December last year, in 2018. Oh, gosh, so it's only a year. Gosh, it's only a year yeah, old. Yeah, almost. It's <laughs> interesting. Um, now, I know one of the things, you're, in your previous life, am I right in saying you were a social worker or you That's did that correct, at university? Yeah. So was that, was, was it something particular, did you have some particular insight into loneliness in London that kind of drove you down this path? Yeah, so I was um, I was a social worker for three years. So I studied for three years and then I practiced for three years. And I, um, I was really fascinated by... Um, how little we invested in community solutions to to individual problems. So the social work, healthcare, education approach is very individualistic. So you sort of approach the individual and deal with the individual. Um, But there wasn't really any kind of more systemic way of of looking at the problems that we were facing. Um, So originally, like my ideas were kind of in a charity kind of sector, but um, that for me was, uh, it was just the challenges were too too high. Um, There's there's a real sort of withdrawal of funding from the charity sector at the moment. So I started to look at, you know, a business solution to the community problem. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, social work is, is one of the things where you really get to the heart of what you know what upsets people and loneliness mm-hmm. is a massive massive problem uh, not just in London um, it's everywhere and it's not just the people that you think as well it's not sort of I mean we know that there's a, a loneliness epidemic in um, the elderly community 
but actually 20-somethings are also like they're the second most lonely group um, and there's not much that we're doing to really talk about it actually now we're, we're talking about it more but there's not much really uh, going on that we can um, say that we're actively addressing loneliness so that's what really inspired me. And what is a kindred offer to, you know, I think you talk about various groups of people, so um, residents, visitors, the lonely and businesses perhaps who are based in the borough. What's the offer in each case? Yeah, so um, kindred is a really versatile space. Um, we wanted it to be that way. We wanted it to be flexible according to the needs of the community. Um, we always wanted to listen to what people wanted. And so we're changing all the time, which is not super smart in terms of studying a business you kind yeah. of want to have a very clear idea of where you're going but actually we found that with that flexibility comes great loyalty from our customer base so we have um, three kind of key offerings one is um, the hospitality offering so you mentioned like the restaurant the bar the cafe and we found that um, Hammersmith is sort of a bit of a, a dry spot for lovely places to go out and eat and have a lovely evening um, lots of grab and go places lots of sort of bars and pubs but not not sort of the the sort of the higher end offer that isn't going to break the bank mm -hmm. either so we found that 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 piece has worked out quite well um the other thing the other things that we do is um we have an events program and we have private hire spaces um that's been doing quite well as well and we found that people just um really want to throw their own parties bring their friends together bring their families together bring their colleagues together and that for us is just as true to our sort of our mission in terms of bringing people together as as anything else we do and the third piece is the co-working piece so we we actually, um, you know, we open up our space, uh, top two floors for co-working during the day. Um, and we, um, it's specifically for people who don't mind hot desking. So a lot of freelancers and a lot of small teams. Um, and we build in things into our program to help people meet new people because that's a huge demand is, you know, freelancers is a really lonely lifestyle sometimes. <laughs> and um, and it's hard, it's hard to find a, sort of find the people that you can connect with on a personal basis, but also for your, for your business as well. So we do things like Monday Morning Coffee Club, which kind of replaces the traditional office Monday morning team meeting and we found that that's a really lovely way for people to kind of set their intentions for the week hear what other people are working on um, and we've had like genuine friendships kind of grow out of the community now which is which is a really wonderful thing to see so. that's that sounds really really lovely um you are a first-time entrepreneur mm -hmm. you know, from social yes. work into this bit of a jump um, how has your journey been to date uh, what's been the hardest challenge and more a bit more introspective what have you actually learned about yourself as a person okay yeah um <laughs> good question um the journey so far has been uh as any entrepreneur would expect it's up and down it's like a roller coaster um i think i think what i what i hadn't anticipated was how much people want to help you uh, for free which is amazing that was something that I hadn't thought about I thought it would just be myself I would have to pay a lot of people a lot of money to tell me what to do um, and it wasn't the case it was um, people when you have a cool idea and when you have um, a story or you have you know you genuinely want to solve a problem that a lot of people really care about people just can't give enough of their time and their advice and that, that was that was a real that was a really lovely surprise um, one of the biggest challenges uh is building something out of nothing, and we went big. So we didn't go, we, yeah, we didn't uh, do the sort of the community cafe kind of approach, which is what a lot of people thought I was going to do. Um, we saw this huge old um, neglected building, and it just inspired us so much to put, you know, make you know, bring its soul back, bring its heart back, and kind of put, uh, you know, a, a hotbed for community in Hammersmith. And so building something out of nothing is a lot of work, and we're still we're still working at it. So there's a there's a lot of systems that have not you know, fully been um, built yet, but it's it's a case of just finding the people who really care about your values and are going to fight for them with you. Um, 
And what I've learned about myself, I think was your last point, was, um, you know, I mean, the imposter syndrome is, is very real, um, very real. Everyone can identify with that. But I think that um, it's actually a very helpful thing because I think as soon as you start to feel comfortable, like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I, I feel good at this. This is something I'm good at. It can, you know, the carpet can be ripped out from under your feet and you can be flat on your back again. So I think if you kind of have that mentality of I don't know what I'm doing but I'm I'm going to keep asking and I'm going to keep looking under rocks and, and seeing if I can find the answer you genuinely can solve most of the problems that kind of come your way so I find that that's been a really interesting part of the journey for me. Could we take a step back I mean we're heading towards 2020 not not a lot of time left. <laughs> I, I think this is probably going to go out in two months just before uh, the start of the new year. Uh, what are the businesses goals for 2020 because I, I hadn't quite clocked that you haven't even been around for a year yeah it's um yeah we've not been around for a year we've we've been but we've been going quite fast um we've been growing quite fast we now have a team of 30 um and we've got uh one just over one and a half thousand social members which is really cool um and up to i think around about 90 full co-working members so 2020 it'd be great to see that 90 figure of co-working members tripled um sort of 250 that kind of mark um lots more social members i would love to see our events calendar packed with kindred events not just sort of other people's events because at the moment we're sort of you know we're sharing the space with a lot of other communities which is wonderful but we have so many dreams and so many ideas about how we can really serve the community putting on amazing events bring people together through conversation and ideas and um and you know genuine connection um so there's a lot of there's a lot of exciting things we're working on next question i know you've got a co-founder sean and he isn't with us today Mm -hmm. why did you need a co-founder and how did you find each other so i don't think I thought I needed a co-founder. Ah. I think that um, it, it sort of happened by accident. I um, So Sean and I uh, met through a friend mm-hmm. um, and they said, oh, Sean is, you know, he's got, he's a banker, he's an ex-banker. Um, he's intrigued by what you're doing. He's heard about what you're doing and he wants to meet you. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know. I want to be <laughs> a banker. Mean another banker? <laughs> I, I, think, I, think I, do, I think, you know, I'm fine on my own. Like, la, la. But so we had coffee and we just, we connected very, very quickly. Um, we had a really um, clear shared set of values. Um, we were inspired by the same things. We we're excited by the same things. So, um, but, you know, we, we came at it from different angles. And I think I hadn't, I hadn't anticipated that I would need a partner. I'd kind of been going at it by myself for a while. Um, but his energy and his um, different angle, different approach, but with complementary values and complementary um, sort of goals, really, it was it was too good to be true. So we, he decided, um, and I decided that we would give it a go for a couple of months, and it just sort of snowballed, and we work quite well together. Um, his passion was, um, you know, the design of the building, the space, the architecture. My passion was um, the community, the ethos, the business, um, how you know how we're actually going to make money. His was too, but his uh, the, the reason why Kindred is so beautiful is. is Mostly because of Sean. <laughs> Whom I did see cleaning the windows very diligently a couple of days ago. I had to yeah. do a second take. Um, so what's the secret of a successful partnership? It's a really uh, good question. Um, I think the secret, ooh, I guess it's it's listening to one another. Um, it's being prepared to be challenged by someone who you're very close to. Um, I have heard a lot of horror stories of partnerships going bad. Um, and I think it's about being totally brutally honest, um, and allowing people to take a step back when they need to. Um, I think that when, when you go in with someone on something that you care so deeply about, you're going to find it hard sometimes because they're going to have a different agenda to you. Um, for me though, 
I knew that I needed to be challenged sometimes because I'm quite... I like, you know, reflection time. I'm quite a domineering mm -hmm. person. I think I know everything. I think I'm right all the time. So it's good to have someone who is equally as domineering and equally as uh, stubborn and, and will challenge you, you know, when, when you think when you're going down the wrong way. And, um, you know, he's, I think we both have, you know, saved each other from really terrible decisions at times. So I think it's just, it's just trusting each other that the friendship is going to stay. Mm -hmm. um, but challenge is important. Yeah. Okay. Um, you you're incredibly busy and you're always in kindred every time I pop my head in. Uh, but what do you do to relax or uh, hobbies, unfortunately, a thing of the past? <laughs> um, so initially, when we first opened for the first few months, I didn't have any time for anything. Um, so I was opening and closing. Mm. So I was basically sleeping there. Oh, um, I was working on the bar as well as <laughs> trying to run the business. Uh, we didn't have any staff. So it was that was intense. Um, and I was exhausted. And I think the you know, we had just opened and I think the whole of Christmas, I just slept the whole time. <laughs> um, so that was that was intense. And then for a few months after that, it was just building something out of nothing. So that was intense. But now we've kind of built the basics. We've built the skeleton of the business. Um, we've got some really good um, people on the team who I'm now learning to delegate to. Mm. And they are just absolute superstars. So now I do have more time. Um, I think it's I think if I would advise anyone, I would say, like, don't beat yourself up for not having time, because sometimes I think there's a pressure to find this perfect work life balance. Yes. It doesn't exist when you start your own business um, as much as, as you think it should. Um, so it's OK to let things drop. But recently I have found that I can spend more time looking after myself. So I've started to go swimming, which is a great way mm -hmm. to kind of cheat the meditation thing. I don't mm -hmm. have the discipline to meditate every day, so I just go swimming instead. Um, and um, I walk my dog and I, you know, I go away on the weekends when I can. Um, just to the countryside, just get out of London, which is important for me. Um, so that, I'm really, really lucky, but it's because we've grown big and we've mm -hmm. got a big team now that I can do that. I think I have a lot of um, a lot of respect for people who are going at it alone and yeah. don't have the time to drop things and close their email down. Um, that said, I'd never close my email down. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it sounds I as though you're, time. you're talking more about outlets rather than balance because balance is, as you said, it means different things and it's not, mm. and balance is very precarious, isn't it? Whereas outlets are there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, now, the final question. This is the rapid fire round. No thinking, just answer. Oh. <laughs> it's all very good. Um, Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. Haribo's or hula hoops? Haribo. Climb up to a mountain or jump from a plane? <laughs> Climb up a mountain. <laughs> uh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, gosh. I, I've no idea. Uber Eats, probably. <laughs> okay. I get, I get that answer quite frequently. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you rather cuddle a baby panda or baby penguin? Panda. <laughs> Nobody has said penguin. I've got to say I'm going to start providing towels for the baby penguin. Okay. So that's all from this episode of the Upstream Podcast Discovery Series. Thank you once again to Anna from Kindred. And uh, do keep listening. Thank, Thank you, you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you.